0: Hello everyone and welcome back to a special version of the Axel and Friends podcast. My name is Axel Blaze. Uh, For those of you watching this on YouTube, sorry if you were on Spotify, I visually am back in front of the bookshelves in my duplex, the place where everything began for this iteration of the channel to do a special Q&A for you guys. Uh, like I said in the last video, my thank you video that I had, uh, the channel has officially reached monetization, and I have every intention of getting this channel off the ground, doing some fantastic things with this channel, uh, and in the next few months, I hopefully will have some very exciting news for you guys, exciting plans, um, to really get things going on, but for now... I wanted to celebrate my monetization by doing a QA and a with you guys. And I've been floating around the Q&A for a while now, and I thought, this is the chance to do it. Um, because this is one of the biggest milestones that my channel has. Uh, hopefully not the last one, and I have, like I said, every intention of making sure that it isn't the last milestone that I have. But, again, I digress. So, for this episode of the Axel and Friends podcast, the Axel spotlights, because it's just Axel minus the Friends. The Friends are the ones that ask me the questions, though. Um, I'm going to be going over the questions that were submitted to me on Twitter, as well as YouTube from the last video, and answering them here. I've sorted them... From kind of miscellaneous questions in the beginning to some manga-specific questions in the middle, and shonen jump ones at the end, just so that for the stuff that is more spoilery to the end, I can give spoiler warnings at that point. Um, but I will have channel in, or I will have chapter indications and whatnot, so you guys can kind of jump around to see what questions I've been answered, or I've been asked, and how I've answered them. Um, that being said, I did not memorize the questions, uh, as awesome as that would be. I have them on my phone, so I will be addressing them, uh, as we go on. But, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get this Q&A started. So, we start off the Q&A with a very important question submitted by Membro Who made you want to have that deep-ass voice? Well, in terms of the voice, uh, I will say this. Uh, The thing that I love about my voice is the fact that it actually kind of drives the masked man crazy to the point that he says he will do voodoo in order to steal my voice if he had the chance. Um, All all jokes aside, though, uh, this voice of mine, I guess, is just the perfect mix of genetics for whatever reason. Uh, I have two biological brothers, and we all sound very similar we are all around the same height i'm sadly a little shorter than them um but we all sound very similar we all have the bass voice going um and it's honestly really funny that like i i'm a six foot tall guy with this really deep voice but prior to 10th grade in grade school I was always the short kid, like, that would always be, like, one of the short ones that, like, for, like, the the school concerts for the different grade levels, I would always be on the floor or the first riser, because I was always that short. But then all of a sudden, 10th grade rolls around, uh, and I shoot up like a tree, and my voice becomes deeper than the Marianas Trench, and, like, literally everyone in sophomore year of high school was just like, hot damn, how did you what happened to your voice because it's just freaking deep as hell um so yeah i it's not a choice for me to have this deep voice necessarily i mean i do impressions i, I want to be a voice actor so my voice goes everywhere from morgan freeman to elmo and everywhere in between for impressions and whatnot uh but i i do love this natural bass that i have and i'm very thankful that i was Gifted with it, in all honesty. Um. Next question is from Killer Nova. How did you find DD and what is your experience with it? So, for tabletop role-playing, I actually started back in college, and I started in my sophomore year of college. But I didn't start with Dungeons and Dragons. I started out with Shadowrun. And Shadow Run, for those that are unfamiliar with it, is a more sci-fi fantasy kind of setting um so there's a lot of technical aspects to it it's still a lot of dice rolling and whatnot so for people that like dice uh character stats stuff like that and still role playing it's great uh especially again for the people that love sci-fi more than um the more fantasy elements of it Uh, and i played like this giant orc bodyguard guy and it, it was fun for as long as it lasted um but my dm wanted to switch to something more fantasy related uh so again before getting into D&D I played Pathfinder um and Pathfinder is it's more or less kind of a simplified ish D&D but with higher numbers so very similar to again for those that are familiar with D&D similar to like 3rd edition 3.5 where there are some bigger numbers um, that you're rolling. And I played a snow leopard uh, sorcerer and it was hilarious because I would, I would always cast fly, So I was just a snow leopard wizard guy that was just flying through the air. Um, and my DM specifically made like three or four house rules specifically so that I wouldn't use accents for the character because you better believe I tried giving my snow leopard cat folk sorcerer a Russian accent and my DM was no because he didn't like having fun. I didn't start playing d proper until I got out of college and I started one of my jobs that I'm six years into and I've been playing with that friend group for four years now of playing various DD campaigns we started out with a 3.5 campaign where i played this character who was practically the avatar but also the son of a a god and a like a greater demon and i'm very edgy like that uh it's but it was super fun and i got to grow to giant sizes and i was just hurling around axes and it was super cool but then one of our friends made a really broken character because you can make a very broken 3.5 character with a lot of homebrewing in d and he kind of broke it and then we switched over to fifth edition uh and then promptly dropped the campaign we did a strahd campaign which is uh, vampires, werewolves, witches, etc. Um, That was the one actual module campaign that we finished. Um, My friend who DMs, he likes to do a lot of custom campaigns. Um, So that was the one campaign that was an actual module that we did. Uh, We did uh, a more modern campaign, kind of set in like... 2020-2021, where it was still fantasy elements, but incorporating more of a modern aesthetic. Um, And then, currently, I am playing two variations of D&D. With my friend group, I am playing Pokemon D&D 5th Edition, which is probably the most fun I've ever had with a D&D campaign, in all honesty. Like, having Pokemon and playing with it is super fun. And... I would really love to run a campaign of my own someday. I've also said that about JJK, and I apologize for everyone that was super excited about that premise, but it just, it it did not come about. Um, That was a whole episode back in the spring that we won't go back over. Um, And then the other campaign that I'm part of with other YouTubers and whatnot is uh, Bleach D&D, run by Poxel. And I play a character that is more keto focused rather than a, a regular sword based um, Soul Reaper from Bleach. And that's also been incredibly fun. Um, and I, I've just, I've loved DD. And I, I honestly cannot recommend it enough, especially because we're in a time frame where DD is cool again. And that is such a weird thing to say. DD is cool. But. It is. It's 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 been so ingrained in pop culture. You have so many celebrities and whatnot that are promoting it. It's just a lot of fun. So if you ever have a chance to DM for D, to play as a character for D, it's it's a lot of fun. And I, I can't recommend it enough um, for people to try it if you haven't tried it already Um, because yeah it's it's a lot of fun and there are so many different homebrew things where if you like an anime inspired D&D campaign I guarantee you there's stuff out there the 3.5 campaign that I did with my friends was actually based off of a Naruto homebrew for 3.5 so there is a lot of stuff out there moving on to the next question as I'm falling over while standing up Wheelchair Symbol asked, You mentioned you were a fan of Gravity Falls. Any other modern or not-so-modern cartoons you love and would recommend? Examples Owl House, Spectacular Spider-Man, etc. Recently binged Tron Uprising myself. 10 out of 10, gone too soon. Yes, I love a lot of modern cartoons that are going on right now, but I will admit that a lot of the ones that I've been watching have been more so online than on channels... Like traditional channels, Um, so like the more in terms of like traditional channel ones, I really liked uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated because I loved the actual horror mystery uh, ongoing plot that they had in that series. I never finished it, and I fully intend to do so, especially because I believe it is all online on HBO Max now. Um, But I really loved that take on Scooby-Doo. Uh, I also loved the DuckTales reboot. The DuckTales reboot is freaking fantastic. It is a love letter to DuckTales, Donald Duck, a lot of the um, Toon Disney-era cartoons that used to be on the Disney channel. Um, I, I, I absolutely love it. I still need to finish the last couple episodes, but it was so good. Um... And then I also really loved uh, a few of the different cartoons on Netflix. Um, I really loved the Voltron reboot. I know there are some people that weren't big fans of, like, how it ended. But overall, I was really happy with the Voltron, um, reboot as a whole. I really like the Dragon Prince, um... It's, it's been very fun right now. I know there are, there are complaints and whatnot about some of the production staff and that that I've seen online. Uh, but overall, I've really enjoyed the story. I've really enjoyed the characters. I've really enjoyed the representation that they got on there. Um, the fact that one of the main side characters is this strong deaf woman is awesome. She is a badass character, and I love her. Um... But honestly, I think the one cartoon that has really been just an amazing experience for me was The Midnight Gospel. Um, the Midnight Gospel was so surreal. The fact that like it was based off of these podcasts that were recorded and then animating them in a way that was very unique... Um, that you wouldn't expect with the the, the topics and whatnot that were covered in the podcast, it was just this amazing experience. It, It was so unique. Uh the the God, the episode where he interviews his mother is extremely powerful. It's it's there's so much that goes on in that particular episode. Um Honestly, I, and I I fully expect myself to enjoy BoJack Horseman when I finally get into that. I never started BoJack, but it's one of those ones where it's just like, I know what I'm getting into and I just need to take the plunge at some point. Um, but obviously I am viewing so many anime and reading so many manga at the same time, it just kind of becomes overwhelming at times. Um, but it is definitely on my list. But those at least are some of the cartoons that I've watched. I still continue to watch various cartoons here and there. Um, especially on Netflix. Um, and the, the, the Disney Plus and Hulu as well. Um, but those at least are some of the ones that really hooked me compared to some of the other ones. Um... Next question. Drew from What If Universe asked, have you ever watched an anime under the influence? No, I am very boring in that regard. Um, I, I'm not much of a drinker. Um, I went to a college that is, has a very, very strong drinking culture, which I mean, that is, you know, you could say that a lot about, about a lot of colleges, honestly, but, uh, Oktoberfest is a really big thing at my college in particular. And it's one where in the weekend of Oktoberfest, the, the the population triples for that weekend only because people love coming in to get drunk and, you know, not be considered themselves liable. But I'm not going to get into it. But I'm someone that I never really cared that much about alcohol because of the experience of seeing other people just get plastered. It was never for me. Um, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I started, you know, having a tasteful drink here and there, having wine, um, having a mixed drink, uh, spiked apple cider, stuff like that. Um, hard Mike, uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade. I'll have, like, a, a glass or can of that, but I'm really only somebody that ever has, like, one, so I don't get enough of a buzz to ever experience it, and I, honestly, I have no intention of doing it anytime soon, uh, and then for the other stuff, that's also not me as well. I am, I am very straight edge, I am very boring, I am very white bread in more ways than one, um, so I've no, I I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm very boring in that regard. It's just I enjoy getting to fully experience something and then remembering it afterwards. That's always been kind of my thing. Um, so, yeah, very sorry if that was a, a boring answer to that question. That's just how it is. Uh, Rob from Dad Needs to Talk podcast asks, do you have... I skipped two questions. I will get back to Rob's question. Grim Saber asked, other than reaching monetizations, congrats again. What has been your proudest moment as a content creator? The proudest moment for me has been forming these incredibly strong bonds with other content creators um, and getting to experience various things with it. I... I, I went over this in my thank you video, um, but I, I've been very thankful for every single guest that I've had on this podcast. I've been thankful for all the friends and content creators that have let me be on their channels and whatnot. Um, all the massive collaborations that we've done, and the fact that like I can consider these people friends. make, make it, Making so many new, strong friends, like, at this stage in my life is fantastic because um, little sappy thing here, but I am post-college age. I am, you know, on the path to um, being in a married relationship, getting a house, having kids, stuff like that in, you know, the next five to 10 years. And that's a, a very much a period where you start losing some of the connections that you had from high school and college and some of your friendships start declining. So the fact that I've made so many new friends, so many, and met so many cool people in this stage, I'm very proud of that. I'm I'm proud of myself for putting myself out there and making these connections and very proud of myself for working hard to maintain them. And once again, I can't thank everyone enough for accepting me um accepting me for who i am accepting me for my dolphin man persona um and everything that comes with me so i'm 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 proud i am thankful and that is other than monetization definitely the the proudest achievement that i have uh is making the connections that i have i'm forever grateful Moving on, the next question is from Inks Manga. Why did you start your channel? I started my channel, so, like I said again in the thank you video, um, the current iteration of this channel is the third and a half attempt at YouTube. Um, I've always been interested in talking about geek culture and whatnot. Um, And I've explored various avenues with that, but the current iteration of the channel, I really wanted to discuss more about manga and anime and doing more of a generalized conversation on that. Uh, Because when it comes down to it, and a lot of other creators know this, like when it comes to the algorithm, it likes things that are popular and it doesn't like things that don't. And there are also a lot of people that focus on anime. Or if they do focus on manga, they focus focus on very specific manga. And that's not me. I like experiencing so many things. I like sharing these things. And uh, with the podcast that I've been doing, I've enjoyed sharing different topics and whatnot that aren't necessarily talked about a whole lot, um, or giving, you know, people an opportunity to talk about things that they wouldn't normally get to talk about on their channel, and vice versa. I enjoy going on other people's channels to do discussions on things that I don't do here. Like, I really enjoy doing, uh, theory discussions, because I don't get to do that here. I've tried it a couple times, and it did not work out viewership-wise, so that's just kind of how it is. If you want to see me do theory videos and whatnot, you can see me doing that on other people's channels. Not so much here, but, um, that's really what I wanted to focus on was discussing more about manga and anime, especially ones that people don't cover, uh, covering topics about anime and manga that people don't cover. I I think I've been successful in that regard so far, but obviously I want to grow upon that. Um, I'm on the road to 2,000 subscribers. I want to be a channel that gets to 10,000. I want to be a channel that gets to 100,000. I just need to put in the work and get to that point. But I think that if I you know, buckle down and I start focusing more on it, I can definitely reach that goal. All right. Now we, now we move on to Rob's questions. So, for Rob from Dad Needs to Talk podcast, do you have specific goals you are aiming for in this next year? types of content or collaborations you want to do. Are there any manga old or current that you wish would get an anime adaptation? So, realistically, like I said, I want to hit uh, 10,000 subs by the end of next year. I realize that there's a lot of work that I need to get done in order to get to that point, especially because some of my growth has been stagnated because of things affecting me in real life that has affected the channel, but I think, especially with hopefully the changes that are happening, if I am able to get a house um, in a, a permanent place that I get to live, a permanent office, a permanent place that I can record, I think I can really bang out stuff and make this channel grow. Um, getting to a 100,000 by next year would be amazing. But realistically, I don't think that is as possible. It, I'm not going to stop trying to get to that point. I will do everything in my power to get to that point, but that is something where, realistically speaking, 10,000 is more possible than 100,000, at least by next year. Um, But I will appreciate any and all support that I can get to reach those milestones. And I will still get those tattoo goals that I mentioned in my 2020. One goals video that I had. I still intend on getting the Joe Star tattoo. Um, I've just been focusing on some house stuff and whatnot recently, but I'm still gonna go get that, and I'm still gonna get it back here. But if I get to ten thousand subscribers, I will still get an anime or manga tattoo on one of my arms, and if I get to a hundred thousand subscribers, I will get a full sleeve of anime and manga related content. Um, and that's not something that I intend on backing out on. It's not something that like I haven't considered already doing, but it's something that like if I tie it into an achievement, I think it'll mean more in the long run if I can do that. So I, I fully intend on getting to that point at some point. Um, but again, for now, 10,000 by next year is my main goal. Um, as for types of content or collaborations that I want to do, um, something that was recommended to me by Aniki Smash that I really want to do at this point is a Shonen Jump Summit. Um, something similar to the Reverie and other you know cl- uh, content creator collaboration stream things. I really want to do a Shonen Jump Summit and invite other channels, other people onto the channel to discuss everything that happened in Shonen Jump, at least the major things, at least having a representative for some of the major series in the magazine and really getting down to discussing things. Um, I would also love, uh, either hosting it myself or being on, uh, other people's streams to talk about the best manga and or anime from 2021. Um, I would absolutely love to be part of Roger's base's video. If he does another one, uh, another stream of the best manga from 2021 Um, because I met and really appreciated some of the content creators from last year's stream. Masked man was on that stream. Project manga was on that stream. I would really love to be a part of that just because of the sheer amount of manga that are, that I consume. So I think that I would be a really great asset to discuss that. And I think I could do it fairly. Um, And even if I'm not part of Rogers stream, if he does one again, if other people invite me on to do a best of 2021 stream, I will gladly be a part of it. Um, And depending on if other people invite me to do them, I will create my own. Um, I will definitely let my opinions be known on what I think were the best series from 2021, but I would love to be part of various streams for it. But other than that, I really do want to do that Shonen Jump Summit because I think that would be fantastic and a great way to get other creators and whatnot in a space rather than just focusing in on one series. Um, And then when it comes to any manga, old or current, that I wish got an anime adaptation, I'll go with old. I'll go with the one that I will... Beat the dead horse with Siren. Siren deserved an anime. It never got an anime. It had over 150 chapters, but Shonen Jump never greenlit an anime for it. I want a Siren anime. I want one. I'm probably never going to get one, but I really want one. And then, otherwise, for modern uh, manga that I want to get animes, Undead Unluck and Sakamoto Days. Hands down. I want anime for those two. Mission Yozakura Family 2. But I really want Undead Unluck and Sakamoto Days a little bit more. I love those series, and I want to see them animated eventually. And I think that we will get them animated eventually. It's just a matter of when. Um. Manga Crash asks a question. So, mm-hmm. What is, mm-hmm, like, your opinion on, uh, Build King? Uh, Build King. Um... First and foremost, I still need to read the, uh, the five chapters that were released after the fact. I haven't seen them translated online. I know they were released on, uh, the Japanese, uh, Jump Plus website, but I never saw an English translation for them. Um, Build King was just a hot mess, honestly. Um... Toriko is one of my favorite series that I've read. It is the manga world that I would live in, hands down, over any other series if I had a choice. Um, And Build King was just this cheap imitation of Toriko, and it was frustrating. Um, Because I read the one-shot for Build King, and it was very, very different from what we got. Um, I, I did not gel with the main characters from Build King. Um, the, they chose a power system based on colors in a black and white manga and then decided, oh, hey, yeah, those are just basic colors, but what if there was rainbow and gold and black and luck, which is totally a color? It's not color. And and, oh my God. Again, they copied and pasted so many things from Toriko, into Build King, and it just did not work. It did not. Um, I would not be opposed to the author coming back with another series in Shonen Jump, but if he's coming back with just another poor Toriko clone, it, it's not gonna work. It didn't work this time, it won't work again. Um, so I will forever make fun of Build King into the future. It That, that has become a part of this channel as much as well, not as much as Orpheus part of this channel, but I digress. The Build King is synonymous, like Build King hate, is synonymous with this channel, because I love Toriko so much. And if you are trying to make the argument that, uh, like, oh, you have to be a Toriko fan to enjoy Build King, no. If you want b- a better series, read Toriko. Do not touch Build King. It is not worth it. <laughs> that is that is my piece for Build King on on this episode. Um, Donnie Yelm asks, what are one anime and one manga you wish you could experience for the first time again? So for anime, hands down to be Yu Yu Hakusho. I've, I love Yu Yu Hakusho's anime. Uh, it is the quintessential 90s anime. I have watched it multiple times. I've probably watched Yu Yu Hakusho four or five times through. I've read the manga once or twice through. And it's so it's so good, it really is. Um, it's it's just a series that I love, and I would absolutely enjoy getting to watch Yu Yu Hakusho again fresh if I had the opportunity to do so. In terms of manga, number one would be One Piece. Um, just because it's One Piece, I mean, come on! I have you know like the shonen jump issues from japan with 999 and 1000 i've got two of the box sets i'm still trying to get the other two i've got multiple figures of one piece and whatnot i love one piece and the story of one piece is fantastic and I, i it would be so spectacular to just get to experience that again experience all the plot twists experiencing the things that like oda hints at like chapters at a time and then 400 chapters it's there and it's all connected it would be amazing to get to experience that again the one other one that i would say would be Shield 21 uh, because Shield 21 is probably my favorite sports manga i have reread Shield 21 six times Probably, and I'll probably reread it a seventh seventh time, because I do fully intend on finishing my uh, Arcs That Anime Forgot series on Eyeshield 21. Um, does it have its problems? Absolutely. In a modern setting, very troubling things. Um, but uh, Richiro Nagaki has kind of fixed that in in later things with like Dr. Stone and whatnot. Um, but I love Eyeshield 21. I love it so much. I love... The, the character growth and development that the main character has um, it's got Yusuke Murata's art which that in itself is great Like seeing his growth through Eyeshield 21 prior to One Punch Man is fantastic um, so hands down I, I would say like One Piece and Eyeshield 21 would be the two manga that I would love to experience fresh for the first time and then anime wise Yu Yu Hakusho it, it would be amazing um kind of a specific one but what's your favorite early 2000s uh shonen jump series that wasn't one of the big three and i apologize i i cut off the name on this one so i apologize to the person that asked this one and i will edit it in post so you will see who asked this question but um once again Shield 21 shall 21 came out in 2002 um so I would absolutely say that Shield 20, 21 was my favorite early two thousand series outside of the big three, hands down. Uh, and it ran from 2002 to 2009. It was fantastic. The only other ones that I would say would potentially reach that level would be Shaman King or Yu-Gi-Oh, um, both of which were absolutely fantastic series from Shonen Jump in that time, but Shield 21 definitely takes the cake for me, even though... Shaman King is the series that I completed collecting before Shield 21. Um, but that's just kinda how it is. I would say Shield 21 would be my number one, um Shaman King would be my number two, and Yu-Gi-Oh would be my number three. Um but I absolutely love those series. And uh yeah, I, I think more people should either read them or watch them. Don't watch shield 21's anime. It is garbage. The only good thing about the Eyeshield 21 anime is the insert song and, like, some of the openings. Otherwise, the anime, Garbo. So, I digress. Um, I would say Kitekyo, I would say Kitekyo Hitman Reborn as well as in that discussion, um, but the other three definitely top it for me. So, that would be my list. Okay, now we're getting into a bit more of the spoilery territory. So I'm putting that notice out there first. Lasher Luke asks the questions. What are you expecting the next big story arc for Mission Yozakura Family to be about? And what are your top 10 moments in Dr. Stone? So first addressing Mission Yozakura Family. So spoilers ahead for those that have not read Mission Yozakura Family. Uh, There will be a link to the next question after this. And the next question after that for people that don't want spoilers on Mission Yozakura. Or Dr. Stone. Alright, with that out of the way. So, for Mission Yozakura family, the the next arc has definitely got to be something related to the father from Mission Yozakura family. And something that was hinted at in the latest chapter with a double one, so the double the, so The official 100 chapter. Um, I think we're going to see other characters that resonate with Tayo because of them having some kind of blood connection to the original head of the Yozakura family. They kind of hinted at that in the, the chapter, um, with this like one random girl kind of looking as the wind blow that was blowing. Um, so I think that Dad is probably going to find a group of these people that are somehow related, and that will be part of the next storyline um they might still be related to Tan popo i'm not 100 sure on that but i think we are definitely going to see that as the next group of enemies or whatnot because i mean that that's kind of what makes sense in the natural progression like the the family has just phased off against people that had the artificial summonine running in their blood, so it kind of makes sense that the next step from there would be people that have traces of, like, the original Yozakura head's blood running through their veins. I'd be very excited to see what happens from there. Um, whether or not we get to see, like, other spies level up maybe there's a, a new level to like the the blooming that they experience we'll see but i think that at least is what the next arc is going to be relating to would be certain things with like other characters that are resonating with tayo because they have the the head Yozakura family blood running through their veins moving on to the second question with my top 10 moments um top 10 parts of dr stone so once again spoilers here um i'm not going to go into too too much detail with it but first one would be the treasure island petrification teamwork moment so the moment where um everybody knew that the island was going to be getting petrified so everybody put up their hands in the air and stood in a line so senku could literally measure how fast the, the petrification light was going so he could outrun it. That to me was one of the first, not one of the first times, one of the, one of the really the, the, one of the first big moments of like, oh no, everything might come to an end because of the petrification stuff happening a second time in the future. And then the main people that like know what's happening, facing off against a legitimately evil person. The, the, the the teamwork, the dedication, like the fact that everyone was willing to risk their lives to make sure that Senku had a chance to survive and then bring them back was super cool. And I, I think that is at least so far my favorite moment in Dr. Stone past that. Uh, number two would be Sakasa versus Hyoga in their fight. Number three would be the Chrome versus Magma fight. Four would be Byakuya's sacrifice to gather platinum. Um, that one's just really emotional, um, and powerful. The, the fact that this man spent his life at that point gathering platinum and making things possible for the future, believing in his son coming back in the future. It was a lot. Um, That was my favorite part of Byakia's story, and, like, it was absolutely crazy. Um, Number five, as as my voice is cracking here, number five would be uh, Suika's fight for the Revival Fluid. So, again, a similar situation. Um, After the whole Xeno fight and whatnot in South America, the fact that Suika had to live for several years by herself to get revival fluid again was a crazy powerful moment and i love suika's character it was just impeccable seeing her grow as a character both metaphorically and literally um and I, i think it was a great move um on the manga's part to have that included uh, number six would be Ryusui and his brother making amends. Number seven, the first battle for Zeno. Number eight would be the second battle for Zeno. I think that the first one kind of beats the second one, but uh, that's a personal opinion of mine. Um, number nine would be Kasaki being accepted as a friend/slash part of the the Kingdom of Science building team. Um, I thought that was really great. Kasaki is one of my favorite characters from Doctor Stone and getting to see him feel accepted after decades of like feeling alone, like his skills and what not necessarily being appreciated for how great that they are, like that was really emotional and I love that. And then number ten would be uh Death Green everything related to that. The first time that they interfered or interacted with absolutely deadly chemicals. And it was the first time, uh, that Ginro had character growth. And I, I love seeing him grow as a character throughout the series. But like, this was the first time I was just like, all right, there's that spark. That's really cool. And I love how they, uh, you know, visualized it. Of just like, Oh, it's a beautiful woman. And it's like, Oh no, it's death. It, and I mean the art in Doctor Stone is just top notch, uh, and that was just another example of it. Um, so yeah, those would be my top ten moments from Doctor Stone. By all means, it might change, especially on a reread or a rewatch. But at least for right now, I'm feel happy with that ranking. So yeah, but I would definitely be interested to seeing and hearing what other people think and what their top ten moments would be in comparison. All right. We are in the home stretch, last now. Home home stretch now. Oh my gosh, I'm fumbling over my words. That's how long this has been going on. Um, especially with standing up and whatnot, and drinking water on the side. Not that you are seeing it on camera because of the power of editing. Anyway, last two questions. So first up, we've got from Shonen Oji, with at least MHA and Doctor Stone in their final parts. To what extent do you think another Exodus might take place in Jump? So. Absolutely. We are going to be experiencing another exodus of series and Shonen Jump within the next two to three years, honestly speaking. So, Dr. Stone is, at this point in time, either going to end sometime in 2022, if I had to say, or if if they can somehow stretch it out, it'll end in early 2023. Um, I don't think it's going to end this year. I, th- I think it's, it's, it's going to last past that, but just giving a safe estimate, Dr. Stone is going to end either sometime next year at the beginning of 2023. Um, I think that's enough time to go over the last bits of plot that they need to. Um, but that's what I think there. As for other series, My Hero Academia is seemingly in its kind of final phase right now um i could see my hero academia ending in 2023 or 2024 depending on how far they want to stretch things um but that's definitely ending eventually here um mission yozakura family is another one that if it's allowed to run its course i think is going to be a 200 to 250 chapter series so that would also put it in that 2023 to 2024 range um honestly speaking I know Mashal the author said that Mashal is already like halfway over so that would put it in that time frame and Undead Unluck is probably another series that's going to be like 200 250 chapters one thing that you got to consider right now is that we in terms of manga compared like now compared to what they used to be They're not making series that just go on indefinitely anymore. For manga creators and whatnot, they have a plot in mind. For the most part, they have a timeline that they want to achieve, certain plot points that they want to go along along the way, and then they execute it. They don't go on forever and ever and ever like, and the, the editors aren't necessarily pushing that either because they want to get in new talent. They want to get in like veterans that want to have a second series or a third series or a fourth, depending on the author. They want to cycle through things and they want to be in the moment. Because they've discovered that you don't have to have a series that goes on forever like that anymore to sell a lot of copies. Of the the manga volumes. Like, Demon Slayer is a perfect example of that. Now, that being said, Demon Slayer is also an anomaly in and of itself. Honestly speaking. It's a series that, like, the anime made it explode um, and it made people very interested in it. And there were a lot of volumes available for people to buy. So they bought the backlog for it. And that's a similar thing that has happened for Jujutsu Kaisen and Tokyo Revengers. And it will happen with other series as well. It's guaranteed to happen with Chainsaw Man. I could definitely see that happening if Mashal or Undead Unluck get an anime eventually. Um, that's just kind of how it works, but like they don't, you don't have to create these series that go on for 600, 700, 1000 plus chapters like you had with Naruto, Bleach, or One Piece. You don't have to do that anymore. And the, the editors aren't necessarily pushing for that because there are really great series that come out and run for shorter periods of time. One people, one thing that people need to understand is that like, for a manga to sell Even 10 to 20 million copies in its print run is a big success. Like, there are only so many manga in the history of manga that have sold over 20 million copies. That is a big thing. But there's a lot of people that they they focus on the really big numbers and for good reason of series like One Piece or Bleach or Naruto or Demon Slayer or from things like... Uh, Weekly Shonen Magazine with Fairy tale that I mentioned last week, not wh- last week, um, the podcast with Tokyo Tron have had big numbers, but you don't have to have that for it to be successful. Especially with multimedia deals at this point too. Like the fact that like there is so much money that is made from an anime, from anime movies, from video games, from merchandise tie-ins, from promotional events, all things that we in the West are completely oblivious to. Because we're not experiencing it firsthand, and I fully intend on making a video on this eventually, by the way, because that is a big thing that people need to understand. Like, there's a lot of money to be made. There are a lot of series that can be super successful, and you don't have to have a series running forever and ever to get to this point. Um, So that being said, rounding back to the question uh, of the Exodus, it's going to happen within the next two to four years. And that's a pretty common cycle at this point. Like we just for the more or less finished, uh, filling up the Shonen Jump roster again after the last Exodus that happened in 2019. And that was again with another, it had more series that had like 300, 400 plus chapters But still, it is very common to see a mass exodus of series every four to five years because series have run their course. They've run for that 200 chapter span of time, and that is more than enough to tell most of these stories. So that is my thought process, is that we will see another exodus sometime in 2023 to 2024, and more on top of that. Whether or not One Piece actually ends in five years is anyone's guess... Um, but yeah, there will be a mass exodus. We will see series like My Hero Academia, Jujutsu Kaisen, Dr. Stone ending. I'm guessing we'll see series like Mission Yozakura, Mashal, and Undead Unluck ending as well. And Black Clover is anyone's guess. Because Yugi Tabata, depending on his health and whatnot, could go on forever if he really wanted to. Not necessarily that he would want to, again, given what's been going on with his health. But I digress. There's there's no word on the street of when he would end, and honestly speaking, if a lot of the big series ends, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept Black Clover around for a semi sense of normalcy. But yeah, and then last question, and this is a big one, is from Tokyo Tron: honest thoughts on the current state of Jump and what would need to happen for the magazine to surpass the Big Three era. So. I love where Shonen Jump is at right now. I love the fact that I can read every series in Shonen Jump on a weekly basis. And that is something that we did not have until Yuna of the Haunted Hot Springs ended in 2019. Up to that point, like there was a more limited amount of the weekly simul-release manga from Shonen Jump. And the fact that we have everything now is great. And on top of that, the variety is fantastic. From the veterans to the new blood in the magazine right now, there is stuff for everybody. And it's absolutely exciting to see all this great stuff come out. The fact that we've had like these monster rookie series which I I shouldn't necessarily say Monster Rookie Series for all of them, because, like, some of them are veterans. I mean, the fact that, like, uh, Matsui came back with Elusive Samurai and Volume 2 sold over 100,000 copies on its first run is insane to me. That doesn't normally happen with new series at all, even by veteran authors, necessarily. It's crazy. Um... And I I just love where we're at. There are so many great series. I love reading almost every series in Weekly Shonen Jump. I read everything. Everything. I read through Build King. I read through Mori King. I read through Time Paradox Ghost Rider. I read through Bone Collection. I read through all the not great things. But I enjoyed the experience. Because we get to experience them all. Like It's fantastic to me that I get all this variety, and now I, I recognize that I'm, I'm speaking more so about access to Shonen Jump than necessarily Shonen Jump itself, but I love what we're getting in Shonen Jump right now. My f- top four series are One Piece, Jujutsu Kaisen, Undead Unluck, and Sakamoto Days. Those are my four. Honestly, probably have Sakamoto Days over Undead Unluck at the moment, but that's two veteran series and two newbie series that I am enjoying every single week that I get to read them. They are amazing. Not to say that I'm not enjoying My Hero Academia, Dr. Stone, Black Clover, Mission Yozakura Family, Mashal, Witch Watch, Elusive Samurai, etc., etc. I'm enjoying all of them. It's great. Um, And I I think this is one of the strongest lineups and times that we've had in Shonen Jump. Now, As for meeting or surpassing the big three, I don't know that we will ever get to that point again, honestly. I... Because... In terms of manga sales, yes. Demon Slayer surpassed Bleach in terms of its sales. I don't believe it surpassed Naruto yet. But... In terms of sales, I don't know that we'll ever get to like, multiple series in the magazine at the same time reaching those kinds of sales numbers. I don't think that we'll necessarily get three simultaneous series that are as big of a worldwide phenomena as One Piece, Bleach, and Naruto were. I could be very wrong. Um, I think... Why we kind of miss the boat is with Demon Slayer ended, technically. Yes, I get that the anime is still ongoing, but the manga has ended. Like, we are missing that really big flagship series that, like, made everyone go crazy. My Hero Academia, I think, out of all the series in Shonen Jump right now, is probably the one big series that has the broadest reach in terms of multi channel revenue and products and whatnot so like while its manga sales aren't going to reach the same levels necessarily especially as demon slayer um it's it's had such a big impact on anime and culture around the world um jujutsu kaisen is on a very similar path right now chainsaw man could definitely be part of that too although with chainsaw man part two eventually coming to jump plus rather than shonen jump whether you want to still count that is whatever. Um, The one other thing that's kind of bogging things down is the very competitive nature online with other people. In order to promote their series, they're trying to kick the other series at the legs um, and bring them down to bring their series up. Um, So I think that's more detractive than supportive. Uh, if if we get to a point where there are three series or more that uh, people are just overwhelmingly in support of, I think we could see another big three era. Whether or not it's at the same level of the big three is another question entirely, but I think that there are so many... There are so many variables and whatnot that even if things were at the level of the Big Three, whether or not people would admit that is another question. There are a lot of people that, like, will live and die by the Big Three, and they will say nothing can meet it, nothing can surpass it, and that that's the true of anything. You will always have people that, like, are combative and are trying to be stuck in their ways. Um... I think, it's, I, I think it's possible, though. I think it is very possible that we have three breakout series that people worldwide love. It's just a matter of seeing people being universally supportive of them rather than just focusing in on one or two. Um, I think it's possible. And I do apologize, Tron, if that's not fully answering your question of whether or not it can meet it. Um... But it's, it's very subjective. I, I think, again, I think culturally, we are at a point where we are very close. Because My Hero Academia and Jujutsu Kaisen, which are currently running, have a very strong hold worldwide. Whether people want to say it's of the same level, higher, or worse than the big three previously is another question. And, like, whether you want to even include One Piece in that discussion, as part of this new era, again, is super debatable. But I think it is possible. Um, I, I think it is very possible for there to be three or more manga in Shonen Jump running that has a big impact, like the B- big three does. Or it had. Um, but again, it's just, it just entirely depends on public perception. Um, but with that said, that wraps up our Q&A. Um I wanna thank everybody that submitted questions for me to answer. Uh it's been very fun. It was great getting to think about these, contemplate them, and share them with you guys. And by all means, if you have any other questions, do ask them down in the question, like in the comment section. I will answer them. Um and I do enjoy answering them. Um it just won't be in a video format at this point, but it's fine. Um, and if you have any thoughts on any of the things that I mentioned, any of the things that I said with the, the question and answer, by all means, let me know about those down in the comment section as well. Other than that, if you have made it this far into the video, into this podcast episode, thank you for being here with me. Um, if you are not subscribed already and you want to hit that subscribe button, that would be absolutely amazing. Um, if you want to hit that bell icon to be notified anytime I make a new video, that bell icon for those that are subscribed already thank you once again thank you for being here thank you for being a part of this thank you for coming back with me to where it all began and regardless of if or when i move just more so when i move rather than an if um while i might not be in the same formats of these bookshelves and whatnot it's, it, it's been great being here and I, you know, we'll probably have, have one or two videos in front of these bookshelves before I move, but, um, it's, it's been a great ride. It's, this isn't the end of the ride. This is only the beginning of the ride, but I can't thank you guys enough for being here with me for it. And I hope to continue making content that you guys love, um, that brings you back, brings you as part of the discussion. Uh, and I absolutely look forward to the future with you guys in this channel. Um, but for now, my name is Axel Blaze. Um, gonna uh, say thank you with Orphe here. Um, for those that didn't get to see my uh, Japanese volume three of Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin, I've got four volumes, and this guy's on number three. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for submitting questions, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.